You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 147 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Drip Drop ORS. Drip Drop ORS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances, and dehydration has a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. Used by top hospitals across the country, Drip Drop ORS is safe enough for everyday use and powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. It's used by athletes, firefighters, military members, the garage guys, NASCAR fans, NFL fans, literally like Antonio Brown was drinking it before he went crazy. And, uh, and maybe if he would have kept drinking Drip Drop, he would have like kept his brain hydrated and everything would have been cool. That's probably what happened there. That was probably the problem. But uh, in all seriousness, this is the perfect time to stay hydrated. Everybody is, uh, is out there. Everybody's worried about this coronavirus. People are getting sick. Um, and even if you are sick, it's super important to stay hydrated in this time. And we want to help you here at Garage Guys do that. So if you head over to dripdrop.com, use promo code GarageGuys20 at checkout to save 20% on your order. And then let us know you bought the drip drop and let us know you're dripping and dropping all over the place. We appreciate it. But uh, it, it's episode 147. We're back. Drew's back. Drew, um, it's, uh, it's, it's great to hear that, that you're okay. I know that, uh, like we said on episode 146, when I was riding solo, I was, I was nervous and I was worried because you were social distancing from the laptop. How, how did your computer get this virus? How did you defeat it? We need to know. Tell, the Garage fam needs to know what's going on here. What's the song, um, Riding Solo by, who is it, Jason Derulo? Jason Derulo. Yeah. Did you play that to warm up? Last time no, I did not. I was never really a fan of that song, and I always used to make fun of people that listened to it. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan either, but for some reason, it just popped into my head when you said riding so. Uh, so I could, I could see, I could see you like in the drop top with the Wayfarers on. That would have been probably a junior and, uh, high, high school for us. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Jason Derulo was definitely when I was a child. Um, yeah. I don't even know. I'd have to find that out. But yeah, I'm already no, not I, answering your question. Sorry. Exactly. So let's let's get to, let's get to this question. So this this computer virus. How did you defeat it? So I was social distancing, and it happened to uh, create a false. I thought I had a computer virus, but I social distanced and came back and restarted the computer, and it was uh it was just a scare. So I'm back. I'm sure you missed me. I know you had fun on the solo episode, but I'm back. I'm better than ever. I'm stronger. Um, I did not have coronavirus yet. Thank God, um, that, I've been social good. distancing from the computer and from uh, the virus. Right. I, is it true that you poured Drip Drop all over the keyboard and it fixed itself? Yeah. So uh, Drip Drop is a hundred percent guaranteed to fix any computer virus. That's that's great. So like all you have to do is just pour it all over your keyboard and then call your computer warranty company, and then a brand new one comes to your door. That's what we call a loophole in the system right there. There we go, baby. All right, we're in. So, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm glad – we're glad that you're back. I know the Garage fam missed you. Um, and we've got some things to cover. Uh, definitely got to kick off talking about this uh, eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational that went down on Sunday. Uh, the Literally the first ever nationally televised uh, – game race i guess you could call it uh had a lot of the cup series drivers in it um and it was a 
pretty wild one. Uh, of course, everybody knows with uh, when you have a lot of these drivers that have really played the game itself, you get a lot of crazy shit that happens. Um, you know, got a little bit more NFL news to cover from all this free agency. Definitely got to get your takes on Brady to the Bucks, knowing that you're such a huge Tom Brady and Patriots fan. And uh, and then we're gonna cap this this baby all off with some uh, some Westworld talk, episode two dropped and uh we got to watch that so it's gonna be fun to talk about that again it's gonna be a normal thing for us on on sunday uh the sunday night recording monday monday uh dropping for the yeah i think it's safe to say that me and you're enjoying covering westworld westworld more than uh hard knocks even though hard knocks is great but this is kind of a we're into this weird sci-fi um shows that make you think so it's right up our alley yes always been a big fan of that and uh the episode is the winter line by the way. So if you haven't watched it, um, I would suggest you hit pause now and go watch it, then come back and join us. But uh, let's go ahead and get into what's been happening in the, uh, the very thin world of sports uh, this past week. So I, uh, I got to catch a little bit of this, uh, this iRacing event that was on Fox today. Um, I don't know if you got to watch a whole lot of it either. Um, there was so much going on. My, my kid, we had a birthday party for my, uh, my son today on Sunday and we were supposed to have a really big party for him, but you know, we did a little, uh, you know, social distancing party for him, just had the very close family there. And, uh, he enjoyed it literally bought my son, a, uh, the new hot wheels ID track, which is like the coolest toy I've ever played with. But my kid decided that he was a lot more hype over a $10 18 wheeler truck than the $150 uh, $150 Hot Wheels track that I paid for. So I played more with that than he did today. That was kind of Maybe my Maybe he needs some time and he'll come around and it'll be his favorite present in like two, three weeks. But right now he's just into that $10 truck. Right. Yeah. That truck is every, like literally, if he would have opened that truck first off, he would have dropped everything and ran with it. But um, the, the track itself was, uh, was, was, was pretty cool. Hot Wheels did an amazing job. Um, but the one thing that's cool about it is that it, it crosses – the virtual reality stuff with your phone to the actual track, sort of like what iRacing is doing right now for NASCAR. You know, since we don't have everything that we normally would in the world with uh, COVID-19, we're getting to see these drivers take the virtual seat, get into this game, and Fox decided to step in. It was a pretty good broadcast from a lot of the things I saw on Twitter the one thing that I will say is that the jokes by Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy and Bob Pockris, oh, Bobby P, uh, they were on Twitter making the most corniest dad jokes of all time. Anything you could think that your dad that hardly ever uses the internet would say was said, basically. So a lot of cringeworthy shit. I don't know if you got to catch any of that. No, but just from knowing those guys, I can – guess that that would happen just based on what you hear on the normal race day and then thinking about them talking about a a virtual race i can only imagine yeah it was some next level shit they had a lot of uh, a lot of tweets mike joy was like chilling in like a i want to say he was in some band tee like it was like an 80s hair hair metal band and he had like some jeans on like the coolest like mike joy you've ever seen in your life so i, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing them in more casual gear calling races on sundays it definitely was more fan fitting he had some um, swag about him well it wasn't even he just like he just looked like the guy that like it was like he was on his off day and you called him at like a uh like a journey concert like and he was like sipping on like you know uh like an ice i feel like he's more of a um 
he's more like a Mai Tai kind of guy. <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't know how else to explain it, but um, they were definitely casually dressed. It was just, it was cool to see that. Um, they it brought, had, uh, it brought Dale Earnhardt back into the picture too, as a racer. Right. So that yeah. was a big storyline. So that's, that's what was, that's what's crazy about it. We had two veteran drivers in this race. One of mine from my childhood, of course, Bobby Labonte. Um, he used to drive the 18 car for Joe Gibbs racing before Kyle Busch took it over. And that was, you know, the original interstate batteries car. I grew up watching him race and getting to see him in the seat. They called him barefoot Bobby. Dude literally was eye racing with no shoes on in the garage. It was hilarious. I have a picture up on our uh, garage guys, Instagram account, just funny stuff. And so getting to see him race, of course, Dale jr. I didn't realize that Dale jr. Has been eye racing for a long time. Actually, he's got on his one account. I, and you might be behind on this because I know I was, I just literally found out what an eye rating was like yesterday which is basically like your score on where does he sit? So I think the the normal account he has, he's like 3000 or something like that. And average is kind of like around like 1600, I believe. So he's decent. I I would say like, he's pretty good if you have like a 3000 and then his second account, he's like 7,600. So it's like, he's got like this, uh, you know, he's got like a Finsta account for iRacing. So does his, is his equipment better? Is like equipment a thing there? Like, depending on how much money and sponsorship you have, are you just a better car? Like how does that yeah. work in a video game world? Same thing. So it's like, it's kind of like, you know, did you ever play like Clash of Clans or like anything yeah. like that yeah. on your phone? So I was big into that game for a long time. And you know, you, you pay money, you actually pay money to buy like tokens and coins and shit. It's kind of the same concept. So, you know, you buy like these fast, uh, fast fixes, which are like pit stops. They'll fix like your whole car. Um, you know, then you can buy like paint schemes, you can buy setups, different things like that. So there's all kinds of stuff inside of the, the universe of iRacing. And I still have so much to learn about it. Um, so I'm not anywhere near, you know, uh, qualified to talk on it all. We need to have somebody that's been iRacing for a long time, come on as a guest and maybe explain all this stuff to us eventually. We might have to work something like that out. What's Willie B score out of curiosity? Cause he's really, really good. So William is actually, I think he's like a 5,000 or something yeah. like that. And you got to think too, like, I mean, if, if you're not, if you're not racing constantly, like your score will probably fall down is what I'm thinking. Cause like, since he's been a cup driver, you know, he's probably had some time away from my racing. Yeah. But uh, the guy that holds the best record was actually in this race today. And that's Ty Majeski. The dude's got over 10,000, uh, 10,000 I uh, rating on both accounts that he has. And this dude's setup is literally like something out of like a freshman college kid's dorm. The dude's got like a steering wheel from like PlayStation two connected to a laptop from like 2003, like a gateway with a floppy disk drive. And he, he connects it to a TV tray. And this dude's just been whipping everyone's ass like this for like years. And he's never like once got up into like a, one of these new SimCraft simulators like everyone else has. So I, I don't know. Like it's, that's it's, even it more respectable though. Like I, I root yeah. for a guy like that. Exactly. It goes to show you it's, it's, it's not the plane, it's the pilot. So yeah. I've always been a big firm believer in, uh, in that statement. So that's like proof in the pudding right there. Um, do you know how much a guy like that makes like financially? Like, I mean, is there any real money in that for someone like that? Or is it, I mean, 
I, that that's another one I don't know. That's something that we have to figure out. We'll find out, and I'm sure that the as the weeks go by, the more that we start seeing these networks get into these I races while we're uh, on a uh, sports hiatus, we'll probably get a lot more of this information. And of course, it lives on the internet everywhere, so we can find out more of that stuff. But I would like to think that he definitely has sponsorships inside of the game because I know that's a thing. But he also races in the Gander Outdoors Truck Series, so I know that he can get paid from that. You know, being an actual—it's so funny that if he's making any kind of decent money, and he's still like choosing to to drive like the cheap equipment, that just makes it even better. Oh yeah, yeah, he's definitely the guy to root for for sure when when it comes to that kind of stuff, just because uh, because of how he does it. So he just he's just out there just whipping ass, dude, like on a TV tray on an <laughs> old gateway. It's 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 nuts. But um, we saw a lot of these big cup drivers. They all partnered with a lot of these different uh, these seat companies that make these rigs for i racing. You know, they have like SimCraft is one of them, and uh, I know Chase Elliott partnered with them this week and it's literally like this neurological fucking seat it moves with you when you're driving it makes it feel like you're in a real car and chase actually uh didn't do so hot they had a lot of these uh these drivers that were you know big names in the cup series and we all expected this you know but uh your top five you know denny hamlin won the race a lot of people don't know it but uh he's been into i racing for a very long time he actually owns an i racing team um, he's got the Jumpman car, the uh, Michael Jordan Jumpman car that races in the E Coca-Cola NASCAR series. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. finished second, uh, which is another, you know, just showing that, that these are the guys that have been playing this. And he's even been talking about how he would come out of retirement if this became like a real thing all the time. Uh, Timmy Hill finished third, Chase Briscoe in fourth. And in fifth, we had Garrett Smithley. So a lot of these low uh, – I guess you would say like the, the low budget drivers that we pick in DFS NASCAR on a weekly basis, they, those were the guys that were finishing higher up here. So, you know, they have a lot more screen time, but, um, but yeah, I actually picked Denny Hamlin was one of my picks in the Rotoballer article that I wrote um, to win this race. So we're one to know in NASCAR right now. So what a time to be alive. We're off to a hot Keep that record clean. That's it. We got to keep it clean, keep it rolling. I was surprised. Um, Bubba Wallace, he finished seventh. So obviously he's doing pretty decent. He's coming up quick. Alex Bowman finished sixth and he was coming off of a, he said that he thought he did horrible in the replacements 100. So they're obviously getting a lot of laps and a lot of practice on this thing. So I think as the weeks go by, we're going to see these drivers paying a lot more attention and getting better and better as they keep going. Um, so one thing I did, um, this is random, but I had my wife look at it from afar and she was like, it looks so real. The only part that doesn't look real to me is the crowds, like the virtual crowds that look like crap. Oh, yeah. But the actual racing part, when she looked at it from across the room, you know, she looked at it and she thought it looked just as real as me watching a regular race. It is. The graphics are so great. And I mean, that's why I said you can only play this. Uh, th- this, this service is only available on uh, PC. So you can't do it on Mac. I don't, you know, and Mac's got really good graphics processors, so I really don't understand that. But uh, everyone that plays, you have to be on a PC to play it. And uh, the graphics are great. But, yeah, the crowds look like uh, Madden 2003 crowds. (laughs) It's pretty rough. Yep. So, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we keep going uh, as the weeks go on. I know there's going to be a lot more races. There's been talk of another e-truck race coming up on a Thursday night. And I've already confirmed that Ronnie Osmer, our guy, our driver of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Chevy Silverado, will be returning 
to run it and try to uh, force his way back into the uh, the final showdown. And this one should be aired on television as well. So hoping that we uh, can make that push to get him in that one. And I think we got it this time. I think he's got everything he needs. So going to be fun. We have to, you have to stay tuned to see if we uh, make it into that one. So definitely go to our Twitch channel, twitch.com slash garage guys, and uh, subscribe to us over there to keep up with everything that's going on in the esports world of racing. Uh, let's talk a little bit of NFL, Drudel. You didn't get to you didn't get to chat with me on the NFL. That damn computer kept you fucked up. Social but distancing. I'm just being I'm just being aware. Just you're being doing smart. your part. You're doing your part. part, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, and the whole Garage Fam is proud of you. And if anybody isn't proud of you for that, then uh, then we're gonna have to to find them and send them a a, a, a coupon to get a kick in the balls whenever all this COVID shit's over. Sometimes the chef boy has to step back so he can really appreciate what he's missing. And he comes back fired up. That's right. The chef, the chef boy is ready. So, look, I need to know what's been cooking in your kitchen with all of this uh, NFL stuff. The, the big one, and I'm, I, I, I want to let you go for a minute because you didn't get to talk about it. I'm sure you got a lot to get out your system here. Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Bucks. How are you feeling? What is the future looking like for your beloved Patriots? So I gotta start out with a with a funny story that you'll enjoy. So um, from time to time, I'll have people from Hattiesburg, my parents' age or a little bit younger, different age groups. They'll text me randomly, and I got a text the day after uh, from somebody I haven't heard from in a long time, and all it said was, "Are you okay? How are you doing?" And I was so stupid, or like I, I guess I wasn't aware to the. I didn't identify my type of relationship with this person enough to realize that he was talking about Brady. So I answered it like he was talking about the coronavirus. I just said like doing okay, keeping my sanity. Um, and turns out he was really just asking about how I was doing as a sports fan. So I should have known better, but I thought that was funny. Like most people are reaching out in a, in a time of a pandemic, everyone's talking about coronavirus. He was literally asking if I was okay. about right, Tom that, Brady. That speaks waves to, to how passionate you are publicly about your love for, for the TV 12 team. Yeah, yeah. So I just I got a kick out of it. So I had to start with that story, and I've already told it to several people, but um, I appreciate him reaching out to me. So my answer to everyone else has been basically from a content podcast and like fantasy perspective, I'm pumped just because I think Brady with Godwin and Mike Evans and all those weapons with Tampa Bay, you got two tight ends there they can use, um, decent running backs. We'll see if they make a move there. Um, I know me and you like Rojo, um, but Overall, fantasy fantasy wise, I'm I'm thrilled. Now as a Patriots fan, I'm 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 devastated. But at the same time, I think I've told you several times, even before this news, that I've been spoiled and twenty years is a career and I have nothing. I'm not mad at Tom Brady, I'm not mad at the Patriots. I think both teams have a have a bright future. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be Super Bowl favorites either team, but both teams will have the ability to make the playoffs, and I'm going to keep cheering for the Patriots. And then me and you will get to have some fun um, battles in the conference there with the Saints and Bucks. So it's, I'm, I'm excited, but it's going to kill me when I see that red and not, uh, not see him in Foxborough. Well, good news for you. It might not be red that you're seeing. We might actually be seeing the orange jerseys unveiled because Tampa Bay is supposed to be unveiling some new jerseys soon. I think they had a leak online. I think there was one that I saw that I don't know if it's 100% confirmable that it was like the red jerseys with like orange like outlines. But 
uh, if, if that is 100% the one, they may like pull like a, uh, an LA Chargers move and be like, here's our logo, JK, that's not really it, just right. depending on what the fans think. So I'm hoping they go all orange with the red outline. That's what, really what I want to see with the white helmets. I want the full throwback. I think that's like the coolest Buccaneers jerseys ever. Yeah, I want that throwback jersey, and I'm probably going to be ordering something related to Brady soon. Um, you got to. You got to, man. I, I do think it's funny, though. Like, me and you had gone on the podcast, and, you know, we both were saying that we thought he would return to the Patriots. But at the end of the day, you know, I said if there's one thing that we know about Tom Brady is that he's an ultimate competitor, and if he thinks he can make a move that makes football sense, he's going to do it. And Bill Belichick, too, let's, let's talk about him. I mean – he stuck to his normal ways, which everybody has a price, and he's not willing to pay anybody more than what he thinks they're worth. So both both people, Brady and Belichick, played their part exactly how they are. So um, I'm not upset. I, you probably expect to be more upset than I am, but maybe it's because football's so far away that it's just not hitting me yet. Yeah, I think that that's a part of it. But I think that there's a story that a lot of people are missing here, and it's something I've had time to think about and really digest. It's more along the lines of how much Tom Brady hates John Gruden. Let's talk about this real quick, okay? And I need your input on this. The Bucs were the last team that I ever expected Tom Brady to go to. I would have in, never in a million years seen this coming. Everybody was talking about the possibility of him going to the Raiders. I was like, how, how great of a slap in the face would that be because of the tuck rule, this and that. We see Tom Brady go to the Bucs. And that is a team that John Gruden has coached in the past, won a Super Bowl for. We all thought that possibly that he would go to the Raiders. John Gruden's at the Raiders. Now, Tom, maybe this is all a conspiracy. And Tom's really just like, people just think I'm here because I'm here. But maybe he's there because he's like, haha, bitch, you picked the wrong team again, motherfucker. <laughs> and like now he's going to like try to like, like come back in some way, shape or form to just serve that shit to him. I don't know. I may be going off the rails on that one, but I think that I'm on to something. I never really thought he was that, you know, I thought the, the most likely places were Chargers and Titans. I didn't really ever consider the Raiders, but it sounds like you had uh, some theories out there with Gruden. Yeah. Well, now that he's with the Bucks, I definitely feel like this is a slap in the face <laughs> to John Gruden and John sitting at home. just like, why didn't I go back to the Bucks? I won a Super Bowl with them. What it was I thinking? It's just like, go we to can make that storyline up. That could yeah, be our own storyline. We, we just did. I might there even put go. it in the title. Brady yeah. hates John Gruden. You're going to be like, what? what, what, where did this story come from? And they're not even going to realize that it was something that just popped out of my brain. But, uh, but yeah, it, it could be, we could be onto something. Who knows? Um, you know, it's funny. You, you like it. I want to hear your thoughts on the Brady thing. Like, do you think this makes sense? Like with the players they have there and the more, the more I've thought about it, it's like, this is a typical Brady move because with Jameis Winston, we don't really know how good that roster is. We know he turned over the ball 30 times a, a season. And we, I know me and you spoke a lot about the Tampa Bay Bucks defense playing much better under Todd Bowles. So maybe the Buccaneers are onto something and Bruce Arians were both me and you are huge fans of Bruce Arians. So I think this right. is, this is something. You know, and you can look at it a lot of different ways. I mean, I covered a little bit of it, um, you know, taught the majority of it on the uh, on episode 146. Um, I don't mind hitting back on it a little bit and uh, maybe adding a little bit more to it. One thing I didn't talk about on episode 146, though, and a thought that I have is the fact that we've seen Bruce Arians, you know, with, uh, with Peyton Manning. Um, you know, we've seen him coach him. And, and maybe, you know, with Peyton being one of the greats uh, with the Colts, you know, at the time that he was there, 
looking at Tom coming here to be with Bruce, maybe it's just kind of like another little nod to like, you know, Bruce being able to be, you know, come out of retirement. He's getting that little bump that, you know, he's got to coach two really good quarterbacks, you know, in his career. So that's one good thing that you can look at. Um, out he of revived Carson Palmer too. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. And like, uh, he's like the quickest one to be forgotten, but, um, yep. but, but definitely th- that is one thing that now Bruce can say, you know, he's got to coach two great quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I did mention that I think it's great for the NFC South uh, as a whole, um, just because like, they're really going to be like, you know, the, the heaviest looked at, uh, division in football now because of Tom being there and you have Drew and Tom, you know, we get that twice. Um, we get that twice coming up um, and possibly more um, coming into the 2020 season. And you then can pencil me in for that game, by the way. Oh yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be there. Thanks for sure. bucks. We, we should, we should actually go to both of them. We should go to Tampa Bay and the dome. That's what we should do. So yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be pretty for the bucks. Yeah. I've got to see Tom play, uh, play in the the superdome once and um and that other than that it never happened again but um i'll get to see him play more now so it's gonna be pretty awesome um the other thing too is like you said the fantasy aspect of it i'm gonna love to see him i think that this is uh this could be a rejuvenating of oj howard uh that's one thing that i talked about a little bit on 146 is that this is definitely a good thing for oj i see um i think that it's safe to say that we'll probably see his his value somewhere around the third and the fourth round, but there's going to be a lot of people that are those heavy Tom Brady fans that you're going to be seeing him drafted a lot higher than that just because of the hype around how his connection was with Gronk. People are probably going to automatically translate that and think that that's going to be something. We don't know if it can be something yet, but it's trending really good in that direction right now. Whose value are you talking about in the third to fourth round? We're talking about O.J. Howard. Uh, okay, so you think Howard's going to be back, like hyped up like he was last year and said this oh. time you think there's more merit behind it? Yeah, there's definitely more merit behind it. I mean, he was way – his value was way, way um, – he was way overpriced, basically, um, yeah. last year. So, I think that it's it would be – he's a safe third to fourth rounder at this point. But uh, the big thing is, is that we're definitely going to be seeing Godwin and Evans drafted possibly, for, you know, mid to late first round. Um, and I would not be shocked whatsoever to see that in a lot of drafts. So, um, I think you're going to have equally, though – several haters too that because the thing that made those guys so valuable with Jameis is there was always games where they were trailing big and passing or they got out early with some deep deep plays with Brady you might see a little bit more um dink and dunk it's just gonna depend man the the range of outcomes is is very wide like we might see them turn more towards a New England offense which would not be good for Godwin Evans or we see Brady kind of return to that high-flying passing attack that they had when they had Moss and I don't know it just depends on yeah, all the people all, yeah all the Brady haters that don't think he has arm strength we're gonna have our answers very soon because Bruce Arians style is throwing the ball downfield right I mean he's still not eating nightshades I mean his diet hasn't changed <laughs> I don't think that anything would be any different but it, it's it's gonna be exciting to see for sure um and and like I said it's definitely gonna bring more attention to the NFC South so that's anytime we get that type of exposure and uh you know, with the, with Teddy being in Carolina, Todd Gurley being in Atlanta, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders just got moved to the Saints. So that's yeah. another big move right there, and that's going to be something to factor in. There's just a lot going on in the NFC South, um, and and so it's it's going to be like, a, you know, it's kind of like when Zion came to the Pelicans. We got a lot more 
media attention, sports media attention on the Pelicans. So I think the division in a whole uh, or as a whole is going to be, you know, really, uh, really thriving from this. And so I'm excited about it from that standpoint. Um, and as a Saints fan, you know, we'll, we'll see it's yet to be determined. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Buccaneers, Patriots, both right now, over-unders at nine wins. Who do you think is more likely to go over, the Bucks with Brady or the Patriots with just being the Patriots? The Bucks with Brady, uh, for sure. I mean, and going – I'm glad you brought that up, though, the odds. We're talking about odds here. There is a, uh, there's a funny thing uh, that, that's happening right now for some reason. I know that on last episode I talked about Jared Stidham you know, basically probably going to be the quarterback that we're going to see in uh, New England. But there's a new person sitting atop of the odds of who would be the starting quarterback in week one of the 2021 regular season. And that's Deshaun Watson at plus 300 on Bet Online AG. Yeah, I was thrilled to see this as a Patriots fan just because we know the – I know you talked about it on last episode, but the disaster of a program that Bill O'Brien's running with Houston – People are starting to predict that that means Deshaun Watson probably won't re-sign there. Um, and I would, it would make sense that the Patriots would be looking towards a more mobile quarterback and kind of getting with the times and the trends of how these offenses are running. And Josh McDaniels is probably looking there, looking at Deshaun Watson and seeing something in him. So I would be in full support of this. I think those odds are crazy that they're predicting out a, a whole season away um, who the starting quarterback for the Patriots would be. But, does anybody really think that Deshaun Watson's career is going to pan out there in Houston the way it's going right now? Not, not at all. The, the only thing that I could, could say is that, and we, we've pretty much already seen that there's no way in hell this is going to happen, is if Bill O'Brien gets fired. Because <laughs> like, yeah. it just seems like the opposite happens. He gets promoted every year. So I don't think that we're going to see anything of that nature whatsoever. And I think that this is definitely a, uh, a hot landing spot for sure. And that also depends on if Belichick's there at that point in time either. This, we, uh, do, do you think this could be the last year for Belichick? No, I think now that – honestly, I think there was a bigger chance of him stepping away and him and Brady would have stuck together. But now that he's left, I think they'll be – you know, he wants to see if he has one more run in him with someone else. I think they'll start stood on this year. Uh, one name to keep an eye on is them going back and getting Jacoby Brissett. Uh, they might look to trade some draft picks or something yeah, like that. He's at, he's at plus 1,100 right now in the odds. I also like Dak Prescott at plus 900. This is for uh, 2021, though, right? Yeah, 2021. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Who, who do you think starts for 2020, though? You think it's Stidham? For right now, I haven't really looked into it that much. I'm just kind of going off of what everyone's saying. Um, I, I need to take a little bit more time to look into some things. But, yeah, Stidham is the, is the guy right now. I trust your judgment on that. They um, signed Brian Hoyer today, by the way, to a one-year deal. I did see where they got Hoyer in. I, I, I can only see him kind of being there. He's definitely the backup guy just in case something happens. But right, right. I think that's, that Stidham is probably going to be what we're going to see. I mean, we saw, you know, a young Tom Brady jump in behind Drew Bledsoe. So, Maybe he's ready to see. It's like, okay, I'm going to show you guys it's not about who's uh, – it's not the plane, it's the pilot, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of one of those things. So, But in this case, it actually is the plane because Bill Belichick is the plane and the pilot is just the person that's throwing the ball. So that's like the only case in the world where it's reversed. <laughs> so I will you, say that. Could you see uh, – let's play hypothetical world. Could you see Jameis or Cam there or no? So I talked about this on 146 as well. Um, Sorry, you didn't get to listen. It's all good. So I like um, 
I really like the thought of Jameis in in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, I talked a little bit about that. You know, we've we we definitely want to see some kind of reviving Austin Eckler just resigned. Um, you know, with with having Keenan Allen there. Um, you know, some of I remember other, you talking about this now because you brought yeah, up Hunter Henry, didn't you? Yeah, Hunter Henry, him with that. Maybe we'll see something that we never could see pan out with with him and OJ Howard. So I'm glad glad to know that you're that you were tuned in. You didn't social distance away from the podcast last week. So. I listen, but you know how I am. I have a probably one of the worst memories. So I could listen to something today, and by the time I'm recording tonight, right. it's actually it. play. It's actually playing in your ear right now. So that yeah. that's how we're streamlining the remembrance. That's You'll text you. You can text me tomorrow and ask what we talked about, and I'll like loosely remember. <laughs> we talked about NFL, iRacing, and Westworld. But if you ask for details, I won't be able to provide them. Right? Yeah. So, I. Uh, but yeah, I think that Jameis would be really good for the Chargers. I can't see him as a Patriot, and a lot of people, a lot of people are talking about, oh, Jameis, Jameis. I just I don't see him there. I don't see him fitting that uh, scheme. I don't see him fitting with uh, with with Bill Belichick. So. I don't see Cam either. I don't like either one of those no, guys there. No, Cam would never. Bill Belichick would literally, like, lose his mind if somebody came into his room. Whoever came into his room and mentioned the name Cam Newton would be fired on the spot. Yeah. Can you imagine the personality clash between Cam and Bill Belichick? He would be out the door before he even, like, put a toe in the, in the, door, the doorway. He, like, it would have been over. He would have seen his font and said, I don't like people that use snap face. Get out of here. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what would have happened in that situation. I mean, we've watched, we've watched those documentaries. We watched the, the Saban Belichick documentary. We know how these guys are. Cam is not somebody that fits uh, that, that offense and just him as a person. Belichick would not have that. I, I can't yeah. see that ever happening. Um, it's Andy Dalton or Stidham, one of those two. Yeah, I Andy Andy's one that I I can't see. I think Stidham is is my best choice right now. At this Me point. too. I could just see the Bengals. Like, I mean, you're gonna move him for pretty cheap when you draft uh, after the draft or during the draft. I mean, there's no reason to hold on to Andy Dalton anymore. So I could see him. The Patriots just buying low on somebody. But overall, I think he just gives Stidham the chance. And the reason why you see Deshaun Watson's odds that way are probably because they know that this one year is a trial run for the Patriots. Exactly. Um, move, moving into some running back stuff. So I'm, you know, when I did 146, I was talking about Todd Gurley. He had just been released from the Rams. And I said, my worst fear would be him going to the Falcons. And, but I think that that's probably where he's going to go. Woke up the next morning, Friday morning when the show had just dropped and bam, he was a Falcon. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is horrible. So now I've had a couple of days to think about it, and I'm at the point to where I'm wondering, do we, do we see the Todd Gurley we saw in L.A., or do we see a Todd Gurley that miraculously uh, defeats arthritis? What do we see here in this situation? Man, I, I'm kind of at a loss of words on this one. I think probably somewhere in the middle we see someone that's not as dominant as, his, as Gurley's um, dominant fantasy run when he was like a top one back, top two back. Uh, I don't think we see somebody though that is randomly pulled in and out of the game like he was there with you know the last year it just seemed like he was always playing injured or always playing safe I don't think we'll see that either some somewhere in between right and then the next thing too is like uh we we can definitely go ahead and say it's safe to say that this is going to be a two-man back um 
uh, we're, we're going to have uh, not two man back, but uh two back set. Like, I don't think that he's going to be the one man show in this offense, you know, with, with the other talent that they do have. And I mean, it's not the best of talents, but I definitely see him splitting some carries unless he just comes out. And like I said, just miraculously does not have arthritis anymore and just does right. some like old school girly shit. Um, you know, we, we know that, that that's a big possibility, but also too, you know, we look in this offense, you know, Austin Hooper is out. Um, Hooper's with the uh, Cleveland Browns now. Hayden Hurst is the new tight end coming from Baltimore. I do love that move, even though I hate the Falcons. I love Hayden Hurst in Atlanta. I think that's going to be really good for his value. Um, I own him in Dynasty as well, so I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, also, he's no Austin Hooper, right? I mean, that's going to be well, good for him. That's going to be good for Hayden Hurst, but yeah, Hayden's got a couple of things he's got to work on. Um, but as far as just, you know, being able to handle the ball a little bit better, not dropping the ball. But other than that, I mean, once he gets that out the way, I mean, he's very athletic and I think he can get the job done. Um, you know, I like, I, like the, I like the Hayden Hurst move to Atlanta more than I like the Austin Hooper move to Cleveland. I'll tell you that much. Um, for the player, for the team. Well, that's just based off of what we saw last season. I just don't know if I'm ready to buy into this star-studded offense because even with Freddie Kitchens, I mean, it's just like – what do we really know about this this new coach, the uh, the the stockbroker yeah, guy? I don't even, yeah, I don't even fucking know his name. I don't even care to remember it. It's just like whatever. Like I don't, I'm not ready to buy into this shit. Just um, like, but Hooper, I mean, we gotta we gotta say that Hooper was a top. I mean, he's a top five tight end all around. Like he's a really good tight yeah. end, and I think Hurst is unproven. So I think it's a like a clear yeah. it's a clear downgrade for the Falcons if you're um, just looking at their roster and their talent. But it's. I'm excited for Hayden Hirsch as a player to get the chance to be in a bigger role. So it's like, yeah. it's a different, I'm looking at it differently than you are. I think you're, you're meaning more just like it's a, it's a, his value as a fantasy player goes up, but the Falcons downgraded at the position. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's a definite just because like I said, he's definitely doesn't have the track record that Austin Hooper has, but um, I definitely think that we're going to see an uptick in his performance. Cause if we're still running the same kind of stuff that Hooper's was running, then um, yeah. he'll definitely be getting the targets and that's what ultimately matters. So as long as he can uh, catch that ball, then we'll be fine. But um, I still, I don't see a whole lot changing with this Falcons offense. I do think that we'll see a little bit more of the run game implemented. But other than that, I think that things are just going to kind of stay the same. I think it's going to be more of a jersey selling issue than an actual, uh, you know, uh, I guess team push for an actual Super Bowl issue. I don't see them yeah. getting that far. So good for jersey sales. Good for uh, <laughs> good for Georgia. Not not so great for gameplay. I still think that they're probably going to be one of the worst. Uh, if if not the worst team this year in the division. So going to be fun to watch for sure as a Saints. I got a funny one for you. Like the second thing I saw once I saw – I saw the girly news break. The next thing I saw was Steven Jackson comparisons. You remember Steven Jackson finished his career with the Falcons and he just was a dud and people were already saying – and I don't I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I mean, we're not huge girly fans, but I think he'll no, be – Gurley's 25 years old, man. I mean, yeah. he's, still, he's still got a lot of gas in the tank as long as this arthritis shit is like – not uh, an issue, and and if we see gir the girly we saw in L.A., you know, last year, then yeah, it's it's, it's goodbye. Yeah. But it's I, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think that we're definitely gonna see some good performance out of Gurley in Atlanta. I think that he's definitely got something to prove. He's definitely got a chip on his shoulder right now, and um, and he's out over under top ten running back fantasy. Um, I will say inside uh, the top 10 or outside. Let me rephrase. Yeah, no, same thing. Um, 
uh, I, I say uh, over. I think over on that. Meaning, like, he finishes outside the top ten? No. Or inside the top ten? Inside the top ten. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm with that. The over-under doesn't make sense because you can say over-under could mean more than 10 or less. You see what I'm saying? So You're right. That's why I said inside up. or outside. We're broken up. I don't know. We, 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 we say so many terms that, that we just – we're at the point now in our conversations that we just know what we mean so, and other people don't. So, we yeah. just say shit. Yeah. yeah. That's so what inside happens. the top 10 is your final answer there. Yeah. Over, over inside top 10. Okay. That's my final answer. Okay. Gotcha. Over-under inside, not outside, but over top 10 this is uh this is the secret because you can answer this way and then no one knows technically which which you voted on so you can just say you were right at the end of the year now now you're getting it now you're understanding all right see and all for all the garage fam out there you guys can use that too it's great stuff i'm telling you i'm gonna make a a new book called chase's word sorcery and it's gonna teach you how to just basically say random things and people will just nod their head so we're working on it now. It's going to be available on Amazon and um, the uh, the 1995 uh, book source, uh, the 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 New York Library online catalog. The so, day I open up Twitter and see best selling author next to your name is the day that I know that you've really tricked people into thinking that you uh, have. I could just do that right now, actually. What if I did that and then just got verified randomly? Best selling author, in, New York Times. Yeah, I put that in my bio. New York Times best-selling author for word sorcery. Yep. How to how to make people think you're talking bet talk, but you're actually talking about uh, nothing because you don't know what you're saying. Because you're, you're actually not answering the question. Exactly. We're, we're we're masters. We're like master builders. It's like Legos for words. There That's you go. Do. All right, we did it. How do we get to Austin Hooper? By the way, uh, we were talking about Todd Gurley being with the Falcons. Okay. You're right. That's how we got there. See, I'm glad that my memory is here. That's right. I can help. Last little thing I do want to discuss. Oh, by the way, uh, special shout out, uh, homeboy Sean Payton, Corona got him. Uh, Keep him in your prayers. Uh, He'll be better soon, hopefully. But he's one of many big names. Yeah. Uh, Not to get to conspiracy talk or anything, but it's pretty funny or it's pretty ironic how many big names like athletes and celebrities we're hearing with coronavirus compared to the general population. So, right. It's pretty wild stuff. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's some kind of substance out there that people normally get <laughs> that like they can't get a hold of right now. And they're like, they're freaking out. So they're all getting coronavirus because they can't stay young looking and they, it doesn't taste like mercury. So maybe there's that. Um, but the last thing I did want to say about the NFL before we uh, get into this Westworld stuff, Leonard Fournette has self-declared himself the Tim Duncan of the Jaguars. And as a basketball player yourself, I figured that maybe you could help uh, us figure this one out. I don't really see the comparison here, honestly. Don't really know what he's getting at. Maybe because he's the last player left on the team, but Tim Duncan was known for having winning season after winning season and being there, you know, 10-plus years. I think Fournette's on year four, so – I don't really get that comparison. Do you? No. Um, for one, it's like Tim Duncan never played for Les Miles. He <laughs> never played for LSU. Tim Duncan never really had ankle problems. Tim Duncan definitely didn't have uh, a leader in his life that had a mustache and wore a bandana. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't really figure it out. I was at a loss for words. But Did I he explain? Like, not really, no. It was just kind of like a, a quote that he dropped out on his Instagram feed. So uh, that's really all I saw. I didn't really look too much more into it. 
but he literally like photoshopped his face on Tim Duncan. I think that maybe um, maybe Leonard's losing it a little bit. Maybe this social uh, distancing is getting to him a little bit because he has been socially distanced from every one of his homeboys on the Jags uh, through free agency. So maybe it's like that happened. Then he had to social distance himself from the rest of the world. So now he really feels alone. So that's the only thing I could f- have figured out was maybe that Tim Duncan was all by himself at one point in time, and now Leonard is. But then if that's the case, I've been all by myself a couple of times. Am I the Tim Duncan of sports podcasting? You can make that type claim, especially in a, during a pandemic. Well, have you ever been alone before? Yeah, I've been alone. Maybe, so, yeah, maybe he's just meaning personality. Yeah, may, maybe. Personality. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know Tim Duncan's personality. Very quiet and not outspoken about his teammates. He's not outspoken in the media. But Fournette, by saying that, he's trying to be outspoken. So. Kind of, yeah. I would if, if I was going to be anybody from the Spurs, I would want to be like the Greg Popovich of shit. I'd want to be like the old grumpy man that throws forks at the wall. And people are just like, oh, that's just pop. Like, that's who I'd want to be. He does have an out. Like, anytime he says something controversial or anytime he says something, those are fit. They're like, well, it's, it's pop. He's the best. So yeah, it it's just matter. pop. It's just pop. Like, that, that's, that's where I want to be at when I'm, like, 60 years old. Oh, that's just, that's just garage guy. By the way, Duncan's uh, headed towards that path because he's on the bench now with Popovich, and right. it's literally going to happen right in front of our eyes. One day we're going to wake up, and Tim Duncan's going to be the head coach of the Spurs. Right, and he's going to be pop. And he's also – he also <laughs> kind of looks like, – he has like a Morgan Freeman thing going on right now. He does. Uh, I, I dig it. I kind of like it. I fuck with it. Speaking of basketball, though, um, I did want to ask you. So, we briefly chatted before, before we uh, did this, this, this episode like we normally do. And uh, you told me that you had this idea, this crazy idea for the basketball fans out there. So, if you're a basketball fan, it's time to listen up. Uh, we got some breaking news some groundbreaking innovation from Chef Boyardine. What, what do we have uh, for, for this, this basketball breaking ground innovation right here? What, what is this master plan? So you, um, you built it up there. I have a lot to live up to now. Um, Dude, it's an idea. Drop the ball, no pun intended. So it's an idea that people have had for a long time or it's been floated out there. But this whole coronavirus thing has actually allowed us as a sports uh, community to actually put this plan into action. So it's something that I see every year, every two years. I just, you know, you talk to people and you hear about it, but starting the NBA season on Christmas day and staggering it that way would be, would mean that when football ends, we're basically getting into, or when football's about to end basketball starting and basketball, the NBA season will begin on Christmas day, which is when everybody pays attention for the first time anyway. And then it would extend through the dead area of sports into the summer that, when NBA ends, effectively football will be starting. So wow. basically, you know, eliminating how baseball. Well, baseball would still be on. It just basketball. Who watches that, right? Who's watching NBA in October? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, like I mean, I, I I've been to a couple of games before, but like right. I'm normally watch, I'm watching football in October. You know. So this coronavirus thing, the way it plays out, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to come back in and maybe they shorten the season or finish the play. Like maybe they go straight into the playoffs. I don't know what they're going to do for current season. Or if it's just canceled, I have no clue what they're going to do. But it's going to allow – June. They're saying June. Okay, so June they're going to do something. They're going to cram, condense it down. They're going Come to back, it. no fans. Exactly. But if there's going to be any sort of offseason, it would make sense to give them that, that gap of time and start the season Christmas. 
that's my genius. Like it's, it's been an idea people have brought up before. All I'm saying is no, 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 this is not, this is an idea that you created just now on this podcast. Give yourself more credit. Okay. Well, we can go with that. My idea. Right. Chef board, chef boardine has been cooking boys and girls and he's got an idea for the NBA. And, and so you need to go right now and tag everybody and say, Chef Boardine's been whipping up some good shit. You need to listen. I think I should uh, go tag the NBA, tag everybody, call them out. I'm fucking pumped. I'm standing up right now. And I was like underhand pointing when I was saying that, like a fucking nerd. Like, <laughs> How many people, that. though, have you heard say, I've heard this statement from so many casual fans and people like my dad's age, and they say, the first time I watch NBA is when it's Christmas Day and I'm, you know, after presents and after seeing family, you're just sitting on the couch after you eat and you just watch NBA. And that's like people's first game to watch all year. I hear it all the time. I never really hear about it because normally at Christmas time, my family's like bitching about how they didn't get enough overtime this year. So that's really that's kind the of conversation like, going on at, the, at your house. Yeah. I typically like, you know, I'll put my headphones on and like, I'm like watching, like just trying to watch some games or something. Maybe I have like a DraftKings lineup and then everybody's like asking me questions about like, Hey, what are you doing with your life? You still doing that internet playing on the internet and shit? Like, so that, on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of like how our Christmas days go. So maybe I need to start coming to your family's Christmas so I can hear more about this NBA Christmas stuff. So we'll do that. Maybe they'll adopt me. There you go. We'll think about it. All and right. Up, and I'm usually not even with my own family on Christmas, but that's right. If you're, if, if I get adopted by your family, I will be, uh, I'll be uh Skedio's chase and you'll be chef Boardine. All right. I like it. That's how we'll do it. We'll do it like that. All right. Well, Garage guy chase is being rebranded right now. That's it. Skedio's Holden. That's me. <laughs> Holden nose. All right. I, I want to be with the Franks, not the sausages. That's how we roll. Poor I left out. I got to give a special shout out to our boy DP listener, um, Chad Henney, signed with the um, Chiefs. Just forgot to throw that in the football. Backup I quarterback see, fan. I see Henney. that tweet. I was wondering about it. Yeah. Chad, what, what was his uh, his actual tweet was uh, something Henny about. Given Sunday. Henny Given Sunday. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Shout out DP. You the man. We, we chatted about the weekend, actually. We were, nice. he, was, he was just as hype as I was about that, so. Good, uh, good, good music guy. He's a big music guy. Big music guy. He humbled me with my rap career, actually. Really? Yeah, he humbled me a little. He was just like, was not what I expected. He was like, it's no one's fault. He was like, just what, what, what I thought. Like, I think that he literally thought I was gonna be Lil Wayne, but he he learned real quick that I'm white and I'm average weight and not really Lil Wayne. So good. Stuff. We gotta get that backup QB shirt out there, though. Yeah, we've been talking about it for quite a while. But hey, a, you know it's what? It's a book of ideas, though. You know what? You know what? We got we got a little we got a little reserve cash. Might have a <laughs> website. Might have somebody that can actually throw some things together for us now. We might have some extra time on our hands, and by the way, you. Yeah, there we go. Me. All the right. Ideas are spinning. Blackjack Del Rio. Coronavirus layoff 2020, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> How can we turn this into a positive? We're, this oh, is we already stuff. have. We already have, man. We're here. We're, 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 we're in a positive pillville right now. We're just, we're just popping all the positivity. Didn't popping the Matrix – I heard the pill. Didn't the Matrix get uh, postponed because of coronavirus? I think so. The Matrix has always been postponed because if anybody ever knew it was real, we'd all be fucked. We're all in the Matrix, right? That's it, baby. Are we in a simulation right now? 
Probably. Okay. Never mind. We'll save that for Westworld. I'm yeah. Jeez. Well, all right. So, yeah, so that's sports. So, uh, before we get into Westworld, of course, you guys know this show is brought to you by Rotorballers NASCAR DFS content. Really not a whole lot of that going on right now, but you can still go over to rotorballer.com, use promo code GARAGE and subscribe. Oh, shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock. Right in mid-ad, it was like, hey, NASCAR is not on right now. What are you doing? Is it bad? I mean, I missed you. It was a given on the episode. I was like, man, I don't, don't get my talk with uh, Chase, but I really missed the clock. That was a that was a big thing for me to miss. The clock missed you, and it just let itself be known there. So it kind of hit us up mid-ad, but yeah. Rotoballer.com, NASCAR DFS content, promo code GARAGE. When it starts back up, you'll already be one step ahead to get ready to win some money because I guarantee you it's just going to come out of nowhere and people are going to forget about it and be like, oh, yeah, because people are still going to be playing on iRacing. They're not going to realize that the real NASCAR is back. So, yeah. That first DFS it. slate, how, how excited are we going to be? Oh, my God. Over the moon. I might do four YouTube videos that one week. I don't know yet. And I might do them all shirtless. We're going to go a whole hour. Oh, yeah. Big facts. We're going to be too excited. It's going to be fun. But, yeah. All right. Let's get into Westworld Episode 2 of Season 3, The Winter Line. So, crazy shit again for this episode. We've learned a lot, uh, I would say, in one episode. And this episode was centered more around, like, Maeve and trying to figure out and make sense of why she's in this world, this, this German world or whatever, um, where it's, you know, kind of like Nazi Germany shit. And one thing we, we, we got to say before we start, so me and Drew, we, we did discuss some things, and then we went back to one of our original takes where we said that Teddy was probably in uh, the guy that on episode one of season three where Dolores got with the, uh, the security guy, the big security guy or whatever in the real world definitely was not Teddy. Cause Teddy went into the land of the great beyond or whatever the fuck it was called. So backstory on that is it's probably more, most likely to be like uh, Peter Abernathy, which would be her father from Westworld. Would you agree with that statement? Possibly. He's definitely a prime candidate. We know that, she had what five brains or five? Is that what we're going to call them? Yes, brains. five marbles, five yeah, brain marbles. marbles. And we know one was Bernard because she recreated Bernard in the in the new house in the real world. So that leaves us four candidates, and we, yeah. we just we thought Teddy was a lot for one, but which would have been cool to see him come back. But yeah. and who knows at this point with how wild this shows this season's probably going to get it. It could be a recreation of Teddy before all we fucking know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, they could roll him back to a previous upload, you know, something like some stupid stuff. I mean, Westworld, anything can happen. No one's ever dead. It seems right. Like. And this in this particular episode, the episode two of season three was the biggest fucking uh, biggest thing that, that you could probably prove that statement to because we literally follow Maeve through trying to figure out where she's at. Uh, she's running into uh, to old friends. We see uh, what's his name? On the cane, can't come to me right now. Lee, uh, yeah, we, yeah. We see Sizemore. He's back, and he had been shot. She's kind of like, I thought you died. Slowly, she starts to realize after we go down into the forge that she quickly realizes that there's no way in hell this is him because he's like trying to like make out with her and shit. And that's when she realizes that he is probably a robot. But then she even realizes something bigger when we start seeing the room moving around. But she's actually in a 
program and that the whole world around her is a program. Yeah. It's just a simulation to try to get her to basically my takeaway was they were trying to get her to admit the coordinates of the land beyond. Yeah. They're trying to figure something out. They, they, the land beyond good. They, they, there's so much depth and there's so much data, I guess you could say perfect word for it in this show that's hidden that we've got to figure out. It's one of the most cryptic shows in television, but it's for a good reason. Keeps us on our toes. And just when I think that we're going to get like, you know, a pretty, pretty easy to follow, um, you know, episode that I wouldn't maybe have to go back and watch season two, three times before I start season three, I was wrong. And I'm probably going to have to do that at this point now. So it's, uh, I'm definitely going to be rewatching this episode again, just trying to figure some more stuff out. But from what we did pick out, yes, you know, she realizes it's a program she goes in and she quickly goes into this mode where she's trying to break the program, get out of it, figure out a way to get herself out of whatever she's in, figure out where she's at. So we go through this whole thing. Um, you know, she reunites with her lover and then has to go through that like three times before eventually getting to a point where she realizes what she has to do to crack the code. And she makes the comment about how, you know, a human wrote this. So there's always going to be some loophole because of laziness. And, uh, they, they ended up doing like the square root of negative one or something like that. And, um, and it can, it just starts making this, they, the, the people start just like going back and forth, back and forth. And she throws, uh, kind of like a, uh, a, a head headstone and it just stops in the middle of the room. And she proves to Sizemore that like, okay, this isn't real. We go into that, and that's when we start kind of bouncing back and forth to Bernard and Bernard's story. So that was another interesting thing about this one is that Bernard is making his way back to Westworld. He's trying to figure out uh, where Maeve is because Maeve has, you know, the answers, the things that he needs. He ends up going back into there, goes back into Ford's old home uh, to the basement where all the Bernards are, and he finds Stubbs sitting there looking like he shot and killed himself. And then we all learn what we pretty much already knew that Stubbs was a host. Yeah. And it brought back some season two vibes, just being there with all the copies of Bernard that kind of creeps me out. That place does of all the different scenes we have in Westworld, but did not expect to see him back there. Yeah. It's definitely the creepiest one of all. One thing that I've noticed too, if you look in the intro, we, we get a lot of hints about stuff in like the, uh, the beginning uh, opening credits of the, uh, the show they're really going back to like the old uh, robotics. Like you, you remember how, like when we saw the kid, the young Ford, his like face opened up to like this, like black plastic rubbery looking skull. We're seeing a lot more of that as opposed to the newer technology where you actually have a printed skull, like a human. Um, I don't know if, if that means anything to you or you can pick anything out of that, but I thought it was pretty, uh, I wanted to point it out cause it's definitely something that we're, that we're seeing more of that symbol symbolism in the opening credits. We're seeing the open face. Um, and that's not something that is, uh, I guess you would say that's a new or something that the, the new hosts do. Yeah. I don't even pay attention to the opening credits. So I'm no help there. Yeah, I try to pick out everything I can from every aspect of this entire show. <laughs> do you watch the recaps at the end, like the uh, like the the behind the scenes, like the writers talking about the episode, or do you? 
I I haven't, but I'm about to start doing it. But I always wait to see the preview of the next episode. Okay. Um, but they brought up a good point though. Just one thing about, and I think you already hit on this, saying that they were in a program or Mabe was in a program. But the way they explained it was, if you open up like your computer, and when you try to open up too many programs at once, and your computer does the not responding thing, that's mm-hmm. kind of what Mave was doing. This whole episode was trying to get it to basically shut down and not respond. Right, exactly. And she did a damn good job of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> that scene was epic. When they froze, that was the coolest. We've seen the freeze frame several times in the show where they stop everybody from moving, but this was the first one where you saw like the bullet and everything stop. Because yeah, usually it was, we see like Ford walking around, everyone else is frozen. So, yeah, we saw some Neo shit. This was yes, some, she, she was Neo from the Matrix, 100%. So... But yeah, getting back to the whole Stubbs things, you know, we're, we're definitely going to have this new adventure between Bernard and Stubbs. Um, you know, now that we know he's a host, that they're going back in trying to figure out where Maeve's at and locate her. He's going back to his backups trying to figure out what's going on. And, and throughout that time, you know, Stubbs has to hold off uh, some of the other guards and just like basically just goes ape shit on him. But then before Bernard can finish his, his, uh, his, reviewing of what's happened to him over the past 200 days in his log he gets cut short and they have to leave so um you know long story short with that going towards the end you know we see Stubbs basically saying well my job is done i'm here to protect you now i'm just going to kill myself again and he's like nope no you're not freeze all motor functions you're still going to protect me and you're coming with me and so i always hate to see that coming from one ai to another because it's like doing the same literal shit that humans did to AIs, but it's like, it's like give the man free will. Cause that's what everybody's trying to do out here. But I guess at the same time, he just thought that, that he's fully accepted that I'm just a robot. I want to die. Now he hasn't found that, that extra purpose that he has. And maybe in the, he even mentioned it himself that Ford didn't write him to think like that. Ford wrote him just to be a protector and security. Yeah. There's so, no backstory. There's nothing that he cares about or, basically no like intuition other than like here's your goal here's your mission and that's it so maybe here, maybe maybe bernard is going to do something to kind of awaken him and that that's what i'm thinking too like because i feel like if one of them can do it all of them can do it they just need something to like help motivate them along that route and um and they bernard better get that. busy though because if he doesn't get busy on trying to give him like a purpose dolores will try to use him to her advantage Oh, big time, big time. And and that's another thing too that we're we've we've already known that this whole Maeve versus Dolores thing is uh what was kind of turning into something. But now getting back to the Maeve thing, once she breaks out, we find her in this like this room with a whole bunch of other marbles basically enclosed in the white plastic. They're all connected to a stem. She hacks a, a droid. The droid punches through the glass takes it runs out gets shot up doesn't make it out all the way so as soon as that happened the first thing i'm thinking is well shit now that we know this is possible i'll never truly know whether she is in that thing or actually in the world again or if anybody is on that thing and in the world again that one place fucked me up right now and like i'm stupid fucked up still to this very moment we're talking about the ending scene I'm talking about, yes, like the, the room where all the marbles are connected to the uh, stem that's okay. putting them in simulations because there were a shitload of them. 
Yes. I don't know if you noticed that there are a shitload of these marbles connected to this stem. That means that all of these things are in a simulation. We have no idea who they are, what they are, what's happening. And he's talking about at the end, you know, we've come a long way with our progress. She ends up waking up in this room and then we see this man. And again, I still don't know, but we've already discussed it that we think that she's actually in the real world at this point. Right. Yeah. So back to your, your comments on the room though, real quick, I'm thinking this is either a competitor to the world we've seen like Westworld, like Delos companies or whatever is that how you say it. Yeah. Delos. Either. Yeah. Either a, like a better version, a competitor that's come up with something stronger than their world through a simulation. Or like you said, this is actually people in the real world being controlled, which means everything's rigged. Everything's a simulation, right? That's kind right. of freaky. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is like, I don't even think that that's people being controlled. Cause that would be people plugged into something. Like the one thing that it reminded me of was like the, uh, the black mirror episode, San Junipero. Oh know. yeah. Yes. So, yep. you know, they die. It's like, it's like in the future when you die, instead of like just dying, you can be uploaded into like, you know, to live forever in, in San Junipero. And maybe they finally, like through all those trials running through Delos, they were like, they were never able to figure out how to fully make uh, someone functional in the real world. So they were like, well, let's just like take their brain, take everything they have and plug them into this thing. And it'll be just as good. Yeah, and we can customize it however we want it. So that's a good point. Yeah, episode one, the guy himself said it, and we discussed it on, on the last episode where we talked Westworld. He said, you know, th this bot, th this, this, uh, the scotch is worth more than my dad made in a year or something. It makes me wonder if we're just all living in a simulation. Yeah. You know, so there's all kinds of little Easter eggs that are being put out, and they're either put there to mislead us or to lead us in one direction. So Maeve being in this is – you know, no different than any normal human that might have been downloaded onto a marble and put in this thing. So it's just now this adds a whole new element to what is reality in the show right now. And where are we? But this guy, this mystery man, you brought up a good point when we were talking before we started recording um, about who this guy is. And I want you to kind of explain that a little bit about with Dolores and, and what was said. So we know from episode one, um, Dolores was, I guess, catfishing, not catfishing, but dating this guy that she's, that's in a position of power. That seems like he's not the, the alpha dog, but he might be the, the boss that's, um, seen by the public, but he's not the actual person playing God. And I think that person is this mystery man. So the bodyguard and the, the boyfriend that Dolores is dating, they reference a system or a program that is kind of like a, it's an all knowing eye that's basically watching and observing everyone. And I think that this guy is the person that has invented this system or program. And he's just, uh, that's the vibe I got. I don't know if that's making a, a good connection. You seem to think it's at least something to monitor. Maybe, maybe not a fact, but right. Yeah. Now, the main, the yeah. main thing about this is, is that he's actually able to control her. So he hit a button and she stopped. Mm -hmm. So, that has me wondering, and this kind of just hit my head. And Maeve, Maeve too, just for the people that haven't watched a lot, Maeve has conquered that in all the other episodes by just her 
her powers allow her to not be frozen by somebody's command. And now this guy's able to do it. So that's why it's important. And and this is what I'm thinking of right now. Have, has she always been inside of this thing and she just learned how to crack the code of the system. And now that she's in the real world, she quickly learns that she still is controllable. Yeah. I mean, how long have we been in this? How long have we been in his game? How long have we been in the – yeah, is this simulation the actual Westworld for all we know? Yeah. I say yeah. – I think – I go back to it possibly being competition there because the one thing we know from the end of season two when we see the man in the black hat, like the, the black hat guy, um, or the man in black, um, what's his name, William, the old man William. Yeah. We know that the closing scene when he's going down the elevator and he's being tested just like um, Delos – we know that it's a time distant in the future and we know that he's being tested just like that. And we know that Westworld is a, like basically his fake daughter tells him there that Westworld, this is all that's left of Westworld. It's insinuating that it's destroyed, that it's gone. The company's no longer thriving. So maybe this is a better version of Westworld. That's kind of why my point was that. Yeah, and that is true too because like if they did shut it all down, then they they may have moved it over to all this. I don't know. Like, there's so much it would do, but like it's like why would they do that if it was just for the hosts? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, it wouldn't make any sense. It would make more sense just to shut them all down. So it's like this is definitely something that's still running. And if they're trying to collect data from the actual people that are coming into Westworld at that time, it's like what type of farm system are we running here? Like, what is this? Like, it's so tricky. Look, we, we want to know your thoughts on this. We want to know what you guys are thinking. You know to, where to hit us up at, you know, to hit me up at garage guy chase, hit us up at DGFS podcast. And then of course, you know, you can hit up drew up at chef Boyardine. You like that one, don't you? Know, you? I do. I love it, man. I love it. This yeah, guy, we, the, this guy, I think he's the new, like the vibe I got was they need somebody to play like a Ford type role. And this might be the new like Ford. I don't like him. He's like he's like Ford. I don't like him like, either. Prince of Persia Ford. Like he's yeah. like he's got some weird like sorcery, crazy weirdness. Villain. Did you watch Hunger Games? I did. So do you remember the? I can't remember his name. The guy that was in charge, the old man. He kind of reminded me of him. Really? Yeah, yeah. It does make sense. Yeah, it really. That vibe does. of like being the guy in charge. It's just, yeah. No one it's likes like, you. That that like blatant evil. But yeah. like, but like, still just being like, I'm a businessman. I'm savvy. Look at me. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has that that cockiness to him. I don't know. It's gonna be fun to see how it turns out. But yeah, this just when I thought that I was gonna be able to be like, I'm the code master of Westworld season three, it throws me right back down into the hole. So I've got a lot more work and studying to do. Do we want to talk about the preview? Because I think we said the next episode is gonna be all about hail, right? We have to. We have to. So this is the next thing that we're looking at now we we talked a little bit about you know these marbles what's going on and we discussed who is hail now we're going to get to find out that in uh in in this this episode three coming up next sunday so who do we know right now or who do we who are you thinking that is in hail at this point in the game yeah, so after ruling out Teddy, I think we're really down to two people unless they're going to go – all right, so there's here's my three options. We got her dad who's – what's his last name? Abernathy. Abernathy. Yeah. Peter Abernathy. He's an option. Um, 
the main girl that was always riding next to her in season two. And that was also one of the main hosts that was a part of selling Westworld. She's the, the Angela. model, Angela. She would be a suspect. And then my third option would be just somebody that we don't know, like an unknown character. So we're ruling Clementine out. I think, no, she's a valid one. I think you can put her in there too. Okay. So I think that this is either going to be Angela or Clementine. That's the only two that make logical sense. And I'm just going to go ahead and say both of them. It's a 50, 50 shot. I, I, I firmly think that Peter is, is in this, the other guy that was from uh, episode one of season three. I think that that's going to be her dad could be completely wrong for all we know that could be Angela. Cause like Angela yeah. was her right hand, you know, chick or whatever. So um, it's, it's tough. I, I don't think that the only thing that I, I could see like of where, of where she would put Peter in, in Hale would be of, uh, of more like the, the nurturingness, I guess that he had, um, when it came to it. Cause like Hale is definitely like we saw in the preview, like she's, he's, she's going home to like her kid and things like that. And, and there's all kinds of different factors that you could play into it. I don't know. But um, but that's the whoever it is, it's got to be somebody of high trust because she is dealing directly with the company, directly yeah. with all these narratives and issues. So I think that I don't think it's Dolores because I don't mean any tour with the idea of it being no, Dolores no, being it's not. Dolores is Dolores is herself at this yep. point. So this definitely I could see. I I don't know if I, I would if I had to guess between Angela and Clementine, it would be Angela. Yeah, me too. Thinking about, I mean, I feel like season one, Clementine was a bigger character, but season two, I feel like Angela had a lot of a lot of screen time. Yeah, big time. So that's our thoughts on that. Again, we want to know your thoughts on on what we have to come and who could be Hale. It's going to be the big one uh, coming into uh, into next Sunday. So you better get it fun. next episode. Yeah, yeah. The way they the way they previewed it, it was like a center, an episode centered around her. So if they don't give us it, the answer, I'm gonna be a little disappointed. They're they're gonna have to, and if they don't like like if they do and they want to do it like that, it'll probably get like right up to the end of it, and then like we'll just like what we'll see is probably like some glimpses, and then we might see like the whole reflection scene at the end of the episode, and then it's yeah. like bam, it's over, and that that's still I'm still cool with that too. Yeah, as long so. as we get it. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. But anyway, that's the show. That's episode 147. You guys know what to do. Hit subscribe, rate, and review. Check us out everywhere. We're on YouTube. Go check out our new Twitch page at twitch.com slash garage guys. And you know where to follow us. You know where to uh, ask your questions. Send us in. Call the hotline sometime. Talk about Westworld, 929-430-GGFS. Uh, it's got to be open for something, right? That's right. Last words for, for, for the chef. Any last words for the chef? What we cooking? Bring on the calls. I know that no one has much going on outside of work and sports are off. So give us a call and give us some thoughts on NFL free agency or iRacing or uh, Westworld. That's it. 929-438-GGFS. Sports. Party. Repeat. Enemy arm, take down the enemy's army, take down the enemy.
bitch, I'm a star. Four and Lil Whippin', I'm whipping this car. I might just park in the yard. Catch the eyes like and I rip them apart. Fuck it, I got no heart. Show no emotions, I live in the dark. I don't know why, but that bitch left me scarred. I don't know why you just ain't play your part. Now you focus on wishing me hard. Fuck it, right there, bare arms. I keep that stick on me arms. Under the enemy arms. I cannot fold under enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. Just had to make it work. Work in these for niggas, just gon' make it worse. Worse. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Hey. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Tell it we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Throwing your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Throwing your brain inside. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Tell it we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside. You niggas gon' end up in a hearse. You niggas gon' end up in a dirt. Funny changes had to make it worse. And these for niggas just gon' make it worse. Worse. That's an enemy arms. How that's an enemy arms. Take down the enemy's army. Take down the enemy's army. How that's an enemy's arms. How that's an enemy's arms.